The Pittsburgh Penguins have officially made the number 14 overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft. And I'll have my full thoughts and analysis on Braden Yeager coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Locked On. You can make every moment more with them and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So without further ado, Let's jump right into it. The Penguins make their first-round selection on Wednesday night, and they take Braden Yeager, a player who I actually had mocked to the Penguins in the locked-on NHL mock draft, so I will give myself a pat on the back for that. Even though he was a bit further down my board, I had him number eight for the Penn-specific players that I looked at. I still don't think this is a quote-unquote bad pick. Honestly, he was one of the first players that I really enjoyed watching when I started getting into this class for this year's it was just that other players who I watched were better than him in my opinion at least I mean I don't do this professionally or anything I just give you all my opinions and analysis of the players that I watch especially for this class it was just that someone like a gay pro and Oliver Moore a Matthew Wood were a bit better than someone like Yeager but I don't think this is a bad pick Number one, he does have an NHL shot. I think he has one of the five best shots in this entire draft class. It freezes goalies. It's very hard to stop. And the release is spectacular. He needs to use it more. And that's a little concern that I have going forward is that he wasn't using it as much this season. Last season, not this past season, last season, he scored 34 goals. This past season, where you usually see goal scoring for prospects go up, especially in their draft year, he only had 28, and that was in four more games. That's a little bit concerning to me. He needs to be less selfish with the puck on his stick. Buddy, you have one of the best shots overall. Use it to your advantage. But he did get back to basics a little bit in the playoffs. I think he heard my complaints and maybe other people's complaints, something like that. And he scored six goals in 10 games for his team. So if he can continue doing that moving forward, that would be awesome. He also did work on his playmaking ability a bit this season. Last season, he had 25 assists. This season, he had 50. So a plus 25 increase, that is very good. His skating, it's gotten a little bit better over the years. It's still not where I personally want it to be, but I still think it's pretty decent. The big thing, though, since he's a center, his two-way game. He's not a good defensive player, at least from what I watched. And that's a big part of his game that's going to need to be developed if he wants to make it and play center in the NHL. Because honestly, my friends, I think there are questions about what his long-term position is going to be at the NHL level. If he can't work on his defense, he may have to shift to wing where he doesn't get as much of the defensive responsibilities. But if he can, then 
center is right there for the taking for him. So, again, I like it. I think he instantly becomes one of the best prospects in the system. I would probably still have Owen Pickering a little bit higher if the Penguins maybe had taken someone like Oliver Moore or Gabe Perot or Matthew Wood. I would have put that one of those three over Pickering. But right now, I would still give the edge to Pickering a little bit. I just overall think Jaeger has a, a long way ahead if he wants to make it to the NHL. If he can continue to shoot and shoot a lot more, work on his defensive game, continue to be a solid playmaker, then I do think he can be an NHL contributor. My personal comparison for him was Mike Hoffman, especially with how great Hoffman's shot is. That's the reason why he got to the NHL. Heck, you can even say maybe someone like Jared McCann with how great his shot is. We saw it here in Pittsburgh. We obviously saw it this past season in Seattle when he was one of the best goal scorers in the league. I also say Bo Horvat is a decent comparison. Someone who also has a great shot, decent playmaking ability, decent skater. Still needs a little bit of work defensively, but Horvat's worked on that part of his game as well. Those are some of the player comps that I've really looked at for someone like Jaeger. Now, to wrap up, when do I think he could be ready for the Penguins? I think at minimum, my friends, three years. I think when Sidney Crosby's 38, Malkin's 39, Latang's right around there too. That's at best when he could be making his NHL debut. But in all honesty, I think it's going to come a bit after that. Honestly, it could be after they all three of them retire. So no, it's not going to help right now. And I understand what people are going to say, maybe down in the YouTube comments, send me DMs. And I've already seen it on social media that, well, this guy's not going to help them now. Like why make the pick? Well, you eventually have to start restocking your system even though you've won a lot during an era. And that's why Kyle Dubas decided to make this pick and also decided not to trade the day. Because again, <clears throat> I would have been all for trading the pick if you could have gotten someone in here who can help right now. Dubas obviously didn't get an offer that he maybe liked on the pick. Maybe he didn't want to slide down a little bit in the draft, even though he easily could have. I mean, Gabe Perot lasted until 23, the New York Rangers took him, which is very unfortunate because I think Gabe Perot, he was number four on my board and I think one of the best playmakers in this draft. But he didn't want to do that. They were high on Jaeger. He even said to the media after they made the pick that he was number one on their board. I'll put a tinfoil hat on right now. If Zach Benson wasn't picked by the Sabres, he was going to be the pick. They took him out for dinner as well. They really liked him. I think he would have been the pick if the Sabres went with someone like Pelica or Matthew Wood, something like that. But it's Jaeger. Again, I think it's a fine pick, just like how I thought the same with Owen Pickering last season. It just It's just not the sexiest pick or the pick where a player could be ready a bit before Jaeger's time in the NHL, if that makes sense. But those are my overall thoughts on the selection of Brady Yeager. Let me know what your thoughts are down in the comments for YouTube. You can also send me a DM on social media, tweet about it as well. Again, B minus, C plus, not the best, but surely not the worst. There are some picks tonight. I, you know, Arizona picked Simashev in the top 10. I liked him quite a bit, but he was a little further down my board at least. But let me know what your thoughts about the pick. I, I like it a little bit, but I think he's still far ways away and he needs a lot of work before he becomes an NHLer. 
But that does it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into more details surrounding the Riley Smith trade and why this actually may not close the door on re-signing Jason Zucker, as I alluded to in my video and audio episode with Nick Berlansky earlier today. So that's coming up after this break. But before we get to that, we do have to discuss the official sports betting partner of Locked On, which is FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to be the first home run. It's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball and Locked On. And I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Store Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So before the Penguins selected Braden Yeager with the number 14 overall pick, Kyle Dubas made his first official trade as president of hockey operations and interim general manager. And it was a good one. There were so many cries from fans out there. Well, when's Kyle going to do something? There's so many great players being traded slash signed. Look at the Devils. Look at the Avalanche. Look at the Kings. All this stuff. And the funny thing is, when I was seeing all these players get moved, I was like, of all the players that got sent elsewhere, only Taylor Hall and Ross Colton really piqued my interest. All the other ones, I was kind of like, okay, I can understand why Dubas is not in on some of those guys. But he got his guy today in acquiring forward Riley Smith from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a third round pick in next year's draft. The funny thing about that, as I discussed with Nick in my shorter video slash audio clip that was posted to the Locked on Penguins channels earlier today, that pick was the return the Penguins got for the Teddy Bluger trade. So in essence, the Penguins traded Teddy Bluger for Riley Smith. And I think that's a trade that everyone would make 10 out of 10 times, right? Right? Yeah, I think I'm right about that one, even though I know I'm wrong about some things. But that's a slam dunk in my eye. Smith, I know he's a bit older, and I understand what pe- some people are saying right now. Why are they getting older? You had to support the core with some younger players. I get it. But Smith is still kicking. This isn't a Mikhail Gramlin situation. This isn't a Jeff Carter situation or a Jeff Petrie situation where their play is on the downward trajectory. No. Smith had a very good year for the Golden Knights. 26 goals, 56 points, 14 points in 22 games to help lead the Knights to the Stanley Cup final over the Florida Panthers. He is still a very productive player, and you get him for two more years at $5 million per. If the Penguins do walk away from Jason Zucker, and I'll get to that a little bit later, he is a very fine replacement on shorter term. That's at least I think what they're thinking is I really like this player. You look at his underlying numbers. He ranks in the 89th percentile for transition per Andy and Rono's chart. That's very, very good. His offensive underlines are very good. If you look at Jay Fresh's numbers, 78th percentile for even strength offense 
77th percentile for power play percentage. So if you want to put them on your second power play unit, it maybe even the first one, if some of the guys get hurt, that's also an option. And something that I did not talk about with Nick during our hit earlier today was his effect on the penalty kill. This guy can kill penalties. He ranks in the 80th percentile in terms of penalty killing ability for JFresh's chart. All that data is courtesy of Top Down Hockey. That is very, very good. And I saw a stat that really puts that into perspective for him. Over the past three seasons, Riley Smith has recorded 1.89 shorthanded points per hour. And among 282 players with 200 plus shorthanded minutes, that ranks third in the NHL. So almost two points per hour at 4v5 situations. He was also third among Vegas forwards in average shorthanded ice time last season. So you are going to see him play in a lot of situations on the PK. Those stats come courtesy of Danny Shirey from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Shout out to him. But that is going to be a massive asset to the Penguins. The PK stunk this year. It did. It was average, well below average, I should say. I shouldn't even say it was average. It was below average. That unit needs to be a lot better next season. And I think you will see Smith add a lot of value to that for this upcoming season and the next season. Obviously, let's get to the Jason Zucker aspect now. If he does walk, and I still think Zucker signs elsewhere, Smith is a good replacement. Now, Dubas and Mike Sullivan did say today that this trade does not close the door on re-signing Zucker and that they are still having conversations with him and his agent. The Penguins right now have less than 72 hours to get a deal done before he gets the open market. But I think this is a deal that's going to have to be done on the Penguins' terms, not Zucker's. Zucker has kind of hinted that he wants term on this next deal. If the Penguins were to sign him to say, I'll give you an example here, four to five years, five million per, I think the Penguins are going to have to find a way to move out some more salary because they have other holes to fill. Would it make them a better team? Absolutely. Maybe have Zucker on your second line, put Riley Smith on your third line. That's awesome. But then at that point, you only have 10.2 million in salary cap space left. If you do get Zucker at 5 million or maybe a little bit less, 4.5, you'll have a little less than 11 million. I think the math is about 10.7 million of cap space there. But still the point stands, you're going to have to move out more salary. It would be fun, but I still think it's more than likely that Zucker walks. Even though, again, I know that Dubas and Sullivan have said that they're still having conversations. It's going to have to be done on Pittsburgh's terms. I, I, I personally think Zucker can get more from another team where he potentially fits a bit better. But this move allows the Penguins to not have to truly break the bank for Zucker. They'll still try to sign him, but they're not going to be like, oh, we need to keep you above all else. Please come back. They'll probably just go to him and be like, hey, we got this player. We know he can replace your minutes on the second line. Here's our offer. If you want to take it, great. If not, we know you can get a lot of term and money elsewhere, and we wish you the best of luck. It would obviously sting to see Zucker leave because he was awesome this season, 27 goals a career year. But you also have to factor in, do you think you're going to get that same sort of value from him on a four- to five-year contract if you sign him? 
that's another thing you have to take into consideration. So that's going to be interesting to follow over these next couple of days. Again, if I am a betting man, my friends, I think Zucker is going to go elsewhere. Maybe a reunion with Minnesota. Maybe another Western Conference team will poach him. But I just don't see it right now, especially with all the other needs that the Penguins have. They still got to figure out their goalie situation. Dubas did say tonight that they're in talks with Jari and just trying to see if they can maybe come to a deal. But time's running out. He's going to become a UFA in less than 72 hours. Got to figure that situation out. Got to figure out your situation on defense. There's Jeff Petrie rumors, and we're going to get to that in the final segment. Brian Dumoulin's going to walk. You got to figure out a replacement for him. If that's not P.O. Joseph or Ty Smith, you got to go out there and trade for someone or sign someone from free agency. This is, it's crunch time. So as much as I would love to see Zucker return, I think it's more unlikely that he doesn't because the Penguins have other needs to fill at this time. And honestly, I think the Penguins can get better value out of Smith for two years at $5 million than they would out of Zucker for a four- to five-year deal for $5 million per. Again, I would still love to bring him back, and it would make the depth that much better, but how much value is he truly going to provide you on a long-term deal? That's the big question. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But A-plus trade in my book for Riley Smith. I'm really excited about it. Has a lot of playoff experience. Can score you 20-25 a year. Can play on the PK. Can play on your second power play unit. I think will be a seamless fit with Evgeny Malkin and potentially either Ricard Raquel or Brian Rust on the second line. I am really excited about it. But that wraps up the second segment for today's episode. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into the Jeff Peachy rumor that we saw earlier in the day on Wednesday and if the Penguins will open up more salary so that they can make some more moves. That's coming up right after this. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Animals of Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So on Wednesday morning, Frank Sarvalli dropped his newest rumors slash scoops on potential players that could get traded either you know, today, during the second day of the draft on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and free agency, potentially after that. And he added Jeff Petrie to the list, and he was pretty high up there. Of the 50 players, he put him number 12. And he reported that the Penguins had been discussing a Petrie trade on Tuesday, trying to see if they can get out of the contract. He said that the Penguins want to get a little bit younger on defense, which makes sense. The Penguins have a very old group of defensemen right now outside of P.O. Joseph, <laughs> you know, Ty Smith, Mark Freeman. Everyone else there is kind of a bit older. I'll, I'll put Marcus Pedersen obviously in there too. He's a bit young on the younger side. But outside of that, a lot of players who are a bit on the older side. Chris Tang, of course, is awesome, but you know, you know where I'm going. And he said that he could see the Sharks as a potential destination. I'm not really sure if the Sharks are on his 15-team no-trade clause. And he also did say that the Penguins could take Capo Kakinen back a Sharks goalie who was below 900 this past season. On a bad team, maybe he could rebound on the Penguins, maybe be a 1B goaltender, something like that. But someone, not someone I would want to start 40, 45 games, something like that. But 
That was the latest from Frank Sarvalli. Rob Rossi then confirmed that the Penguins have indeed looked into moving on from Petrie, but that there's not a big market for him right now. And that makes sense. He's in his mid-30s. He has two more years left at $6.25 million. Not really sure how many teams are going to take that on, even though the defensive market for free agency is a bit on the weaker side. But he is still an obvious candidate to be moved to open up more cap space. If the Penguins are dead serious about bringing back Zucker, you have to move someone else out to make the room because with all the holes they have in the bottom six and on defense, well, you would only have probably 10 million to spend if you brought Zucker back. And that's just not going to be enough for probably three new forwards for your third and fourth lines, another defense, a goalie as well. So they would they they need to open up space no matter what. And Petrie is a good candidate for that. You can get someone cheaper to play on the right side for your second pairing. I don't I don't think he was as bad as some people said he was this past season, but he also wasn't as good as I thought he would be, especially for the money that he's making. Six point two five million. That's one of the highest marks on the team right now. Actually, outside of Sidney Crosby, it is the highest mark on the team. So. We'll have to see what happens with that. The Mikhail Gramlin situation obviously looms large. There's still a couple more days left until the buyout period ends. As of right now, there's really been no smoke, smoke excuse me, regarding that. But a trade could also be finalized over these next couple of days if they want to go down that road. You have Jan Ruda, who I think could maybe have more of a market than someone like Petrie. Two more years left at 2.275 million. He's a bit on the, a little bit on the more younger side, but still a bit older, but he doesn't really do too much for the Penguins. I think Chad Ruido can do exactly what he can, except in a much cheaper cat pit. But I do think the Penguins are going to have to move out more salary if they want to make more moves in general. You still have to go get that goalie. There was a rumor earlier in the day about Enos Allmark potentially going to the Penguins. I saw Andrew Filipponi tweeted that out. I could not even find the source of where that rumor started. So I'm just taking that with a grain of salt. That just looks like blind speculation in my opinion but wouldn't be surprising if they did go down that road if it gets serious if they do decide to have talks with the Bruins because I think they would maybe want to keep Swayman even though Omar just won the Vesna but you never know but overall my friends you are going to see the Penguins open up more space they have 15 million open right now 15.2 I should say 15.2 million I expect that to grow over the next couple of days. I don't know who's going to go out, but I think they're going to want to have some more salary flexibility heading into Saturday for free agent frenzy. I don't think the Penguins are going to be super active on that day, but I think they'll just be signing a bunch of players to fill in their bottom six. Maybe they sign a defenseman to replace Brian Dumoulin. Obviously have to figure out what they're doing in goal, but I do expect them you know, to be at least a little bit active, but not, again, as active as some of these other teams are going to be signing six, seven-year terms and all that stuff. I think you're going to see more trades than Frankie, especially to open up more space. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening slash watching. There's a ton of content to the show today, whether you're listening via audio or via video. I have my thoughts with Nick Berlansky on the Smith trade, my five-minute audio clip with Gil Martin breaking down the Braden Yeager selection, and now a full episode with you guys breaking everything down from today and then going forward with the Penguins. But the grind does not stop. I'm going to have another episode for you all on Thursday discussing the Penguins draft class as a whole. And if any potential moves are made, you'll hear it here first on the Locked on Penguins podcast. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in. 
Very much appreciated it. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Thursday.